Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. Enter the nation that is obsessed with the pursuit of speed, racing, and above all, motoring perfection. It's the nation that blessed us with such legendary automotive exploits, such as the infamous Midnight Club. It's where Kaichi Tsuchiya all but single-handedly invented drifting, and where icons of Nippon steel, such as the Toyota Supra and Nissan Skyline, were birthed. It's in this land of racing obsessed that we find ourselves this week. Not for another sequel to the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. No. The land of the rising sun instead will bestow us with one of Formula One's most unique circuits on the calendar. The Suzuka International Racing Circuit is the venue this week, and this 5.8-kilometer Honda test track features the infamous S-curves, Spoon Curve, and Casio Triangle among the 18 turns and a unique figure-eight layout. No stranger to drama, this has been the setting of title-deciding moments on many occasions. Senna versus Prost collision in 1989 at the Casio chicane saw the Frenchman win the title that year, while the very next year saw Senna clinch the title after taking out Prost in the first turn of the first lap. Mika Hakkinen won both of his two championships here in 98 and 99, while Michael Schumacher is the king of this circuit with six wins and having clinched his first title of five with Ferrari in 2000. Speaking of titles, Max Verstappen once again has the chance to wrap up the season's title fight should he win here and other results fall in his favor after a disappointing race in Singapore. Despite both championships ostensibly being out of reach for the speedy speed boys of Ferrari and the Mercedes duo still seek their first win of the season. While viewers on the East Coast are in for a late night, it should prove no matter as fireworks are expected on the track this weekend. So it's time to get yourself a plate of fried tofu because no one sleeps in Tokyo. This is the Japanese Grand Prix. Don't miss it. the in the points podcast the fastest growing formula one podcast on the globe as always i am your host matt o'teal and joining me is sam drs russell and stefano formerly known as the Techspert, now known as the track preview guy because that was an epic 
start to this episode of Japan. Guys, welcome back to the podcast, the only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One. Sam, Stefano, glad to have you back on. Thanks for having us, Matt. Yeah, if you can't get fired up after hearing that track preview, I don't know uh, how you can at all. But yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, interesting week. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, Fun. You know, a week ago, we didn't think we'd have anything to talk about, but some revelations I'm excited to get into. So uh, let's uh, let's see what, what we're going to go. Yeah. Boom, boom, Japan, guys. I'm fired up. I've been pumped for this race all year. Uh, one of my favorites on the calendar. So let's uh, let's chop it up. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, your favorite, one of your favorites after probably Monza and all everywhere else in Italy that they probably have races because you get that Italian blood running and pumping through your veins. Um, a track so special to you that you you specifically requested us to kind of alter the entire format of the podcast and lead off with that. And what a great call by you too, like leading with such a strong uh, foot forward this week after, you know, a pretty poor singapore grand prix in my opinion so i think we needed all the help we could get and stefano you know if you can't get inspired to watch formula one after stefano's track previews each week then like check your pulse because you are probably dead um i know every time stefano says it gets me totally amped up and jacked up and it just was like a shot of adrenaline hearing you do that entire track preview so um i'm pumped for japan now it's a 1 a.m race um but yeah i mean it's it's going to be pretty electric. Lots to talk about. Lots to get to. We'll get to our Japanese Grand Prix, um, you know, previews this week later in the episode. Let's first start off. You know, this is a special special week. A um, lot of a uh, lot of life events going on. I think uh, for those listeners, we got uh, Sam D. R. Russell is is tying the knot this Saturday, and he will be bringing his uh, new life in style with with the Japanese Grand Prix, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, so let's start off though, Singapore. You know, Sam, give us your thoughts. I've got plenty, but you know, I've I've talked enough. Let's let's hear what you had to say about the Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah, so I know I think I'm going to predict what you guys think and you're going to say it sucked. And like in the moment, yeah, like it it was a funky race with a lot of bizarre moments, a lot of safety cars. But looking back on it now, like now that everything's settled a couple days later or actually a day later, I'm thinking like, you know what? That was actually more entertaining than the last few races. Like I was just glad to see like someone other than Max win. Um yeah, I, it kind of sucked that it had to be a Red Bull because that was just, I mean, still kind of ended up being anticlimactic. Um, but it was nice to see someone else win and have a fight, um, an interesting fight for a little while. So, yeah, I, I know it kind of suck. It was a pretty shitty race. But in the end, I don't I didn't hate it as much as I think you guys did, because I actually thought it was a nice change of pace. Yeah, I yeah. mean, no pun intended, change of pace. I mean, we had six DNFs. Um, it was wet. It was just like, I was super down on the track. I was super down on the Grand Prix before the rain. And then the rain just kind of totally ruined it. Like, these guys are so good. And just to like, to your point, Sam, it was kind of entertaining to watch them have to like tiptoe around. You never knew it was going to happen. Like, even when they did go on the slicks and, you know, Max was making that move on Lando, he totally locked up. Lewis Hamilton locked up. I mean, you just saw some of the greats out there that just, they had a tough go of it. But you're right. It was super anticlimactic. Checo got a great start off the line and he never, ever once, you know, gave back the lead of the race. He led every lap after turn one. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was different. It was kind of but like at the same time, I still thought it was like boring. Like nothing really happened. Even like trying to overtake was like super difficult. And like, 
I don't know. I'm getting sick and tired of what the FIA is doing with wet weather conditions, though, because these guys had wet tires. They should have gone out on track. I hate the time limit rule. Like, I don't know. It's just it was such a poor showing for the sport. That was my kind of take. And if you're a fan trying to get into it and you watch this race, you'd be like, why? What's everybody talking about? This is like boring. This isn't very fun. This is just like these guys aren't even like going that fast. I get it's wet, but like, I don't know, Stefano, that was that was kind of how I reacted. Yeah, I mean, the race was, when we actually got racing, I should say, it was so stop-start that you didn't really get to get any momentum as far as, like, viewing is, is concerned. Um, and to your point, it's like, we have full wets available to these drivers, and they're capable of driving in wet conditions. I don't understand why we're keeping them from driving in the rain. You yeah. Know, they've proven they can. I don't know I don't know what the deal is. And, I'm like, my my theory behind that you know, obviously there's a safety concern, but I think I think the big wigs at the FIA and the paymasters of Formula One, you know, don't really want to race in the rain. I feel like they think it won't be as much of a spectacle as it will be like a dry race, you know, because the cars are going so much slower. There's not going to be much overtaking. You know, there's the potential of having, you know, multiple laps led by a safety car, even with no incident on the track at all. So I think that they have kind of that in their mind, in the back of their minds as well. But uh, as far as the Singapore Grand Prix is concerned, Mega from Checo, he's really the the start line king. Uh, he's had multiple races this season where he's just monstered it from the, the from the line. So really, really happy for him. You know, shame for Leclerc not able to turn yet another pole position into a win. I think that's what like I think he's in double digits. Yeah that he's had polls that haven't turned into wins. So pretty close. Uh, yeah. Something's got to change there for him to, to start getting a, another W in the column. And hopefully he can do that uh, this weekend in Japan. Yeah. So two things, I agree with every single thing that you just said. And you said, Matt, to be honest, I think I was just so excited to not see Max win in another blowout Max win. And I think we were like, if Chuck like overtook Checo with like, 12 laps ago and ended up winning. I think we'd be having like a way different tune about that race. And we say it was actually pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree at what's over being shadowed is how good Checo was. Holy cow. What a race. He was unbelievable. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah. We were texting in our group. Like, I think one of the pundits in the end asked him, like, was that either your greatest one of your career? Like, uh, you think (laughs) that was pretty friggin' unbelievable. It's by, I think by far the top moment of his career. So hats off to Checo. I mean, he was not in good form the past, uh, few races, but he broke out of that slump. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, The key quote of the weekend was he said that he thinks that was his best performance ever like not like i know it's like yeah. one of the pundits was like oh like best win like he's had four like yeah obviously his best win like there's no doubt about that but he also said it was his best performance like of his entire career and like it showed there was a span where chuck was pumping out uh fastest laps like while he was right behind checo and he couldn't get by him like yeah, that's how that's how good Checo was performing. Like he there was, was multiple perfect. laps with multiple DRS charges, and yeah. uh, Leclerc could not get past him. And a couple like, of mistakes he, there. Checo did not put a foot wrong. There was no like yeah. there was no little like uh, slip. There the back end didn't kick out once while he was defending. Nothing. He was just perfect. Yeah, and that was a track where it was super easy to make a mistake too. Like we saw so many mistakes, and I think he was the only person who didn't make a mistake. He yeah. was. 
Yeah, because I think even in the charge, Chuck made a little. He made. You could argue he made a little bit of a mistake off the line, but not really. And then, like, what was it? A couple times when he was going on the charge, Checo, he got a little wide on some turns and like lost it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I thought Chuck. I thought Chuck was good. Like, he, it wasn't yeah. like he raced a bad race. Checo was just perfect. There he were was. a couple of times when he was overdriving. You know, yeah. he would get a little bit too anxious on the throttle bit. coming out of a turn, and the back would kick out. Yeah, and, and it was still tough, it's tough time. on that track when you don't have the straight line speed. Yeah, that, I mean that's wet, like so really your only chance, and you could yeah. just tell that was the difference in the two cars. Yeah, on Sunday, I mean, I, was, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame him for I don't blame him for what he did. That was that was all he could do, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it was like to Sam your point, like when you have cornering speed and you have to take it gingerly because you don't want to spin out or you have to kind of like you can't take the turns as quickly. It's kind of neutralizes that and the straight line speed just ends up being dominant in the the entire race. Um, You know, it was funny because like I thought we were going to get like a Lewis Hamilton signs battle and then he went into the wall. Um, It looked like when you go back and watch and think like how Max, even with his lockup, kind of charged back through the field and made up a pit stop on soft tires to get himself back up into seventh place. Like there, it was probably going to be a point where he might have, if he had made that move on Lando's stick and didn't lock up, I think he was probably had a chance at winning the race. If, and I think the only way would have been they would have swapped the cars with Checo and Max. Um, but I mean, these guys were like, here's my biggest takeaway. The VSC needs to go away. Um, I just think that the VSC is actually more harm than it is good. I think you have too many guys that are like trying to game it and time it up. Like we saw in France, George Russell caught Checo napping. We saw it the other day, like Max was trying to get the charge on Lando. Like these guys that are driving to a Delta, like they have like these like weird points in the, in the lap where like if they put in a little bit of a gap and they drive to their Delta and then the light goes green, they're just gone. And like Sam, I think you were like thinking that Checo was getting like a two second advantage like he the was. vsc is just like but also like in wet weather conditions like the vsc was like cooling their tires off and they couldn't like i don't know it was just something about like there were so many safety cars so many vscs like i'm not saying that the answer was like red flag the race but it's just like you couldn't even get anything going with these guys and these tires were just getting cold and then it was just like ruining the race like I don't know it, i don't have a solution i just have a complaint that the all these vsc safety cars like i didn't it goes back to the I don't know the rules and I don't understand what a VSC is and I don't understand what a safety car is. And there seemed like multiple times that they put out a VSC when I thought they should be a safety car. And there was multiple times they put out a safety car. And I thought it should be a VSC and like just get rid of it. Just put the safety car out. I don't know. It's Matt, bizarre. I, I noted it a couple of times. It happened twice on two virtual safety cars. Checo picked up a second and a half to two seconds on Chuck by the time they were when they were going into it and the time that it ended. It was yeah, you, ridiculous. You were texting us about it. It was ridiculous. It's it's like this is this is such an uh, an unfair disadvantage to the guys chasing the leader. It was, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was really stupid. It's, it's not even that. that it's like unfair. It's because like where you are in the track, if you drive to your Delta, you could put a second and a half gap in from where the like if the car is taking a a, uh, a corner and you're on a straightaway and you're driving to your Delta, you could put a second and a half between the two cars and then like the yeah, light goes green and then it's just a disadvantage. Like it was just weird. Like, I don't know. They, I, I think that the FIA needs to really go to the lab think, and come up with like a better safety car strategy. I think Matt, your, your lamentations regarding the safety car and the virtual safety car kind of echoed with a lot of formula one fans. Cause I don't think any of us know the rules, especially no. when there's so, inconsistently enforced you know like you said there were instances where you thought 
uh, something on the track would warrant a safety car and they put out a VSC and vice versa. Um, when you have such inconsistency from the FIA, it's really, it causes so much confusion for us fans. And I think, (laughs) I think, I think to your, to your uh, point about finding a solution, I think really they should have just started the race on time, put everybody on full wets and then just, you know, see where we were at when the dust settled or the the rain settled, so to speak. Us three spent half the race texting like safety car question mark. It was just, it's so stupid that. There, there are no rules. There are no rules. They they make up the rules as they go. It happened a few times this past weekend. Um, it's bizarre to watch. I, I also, don't There's not a, another sport like it. No one else does it like this. They're the only like federation that runs it just as they go. It's, it's also, guys, wild. guys, how asinine was it that the stewards couldn't figure out whether or not they're going to give Checo a penalty mid-race and they have to... They had to convene afterwards to it's assess asinine. dude it's, it's asinine. total it's totally bogus and there's no way he gets that penalty if he won uh under five seconds dude i no am, chance i'm i'm convinced and not just about like the bulls this like i'm convinced they've done this many 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 times where they look and they say yeah if like hamilton or max or so and so wins by like Eight seconds. We'll give them a five-second time penalty and save face, and it won't impact. Like they're doing it that's in a the way. Only, that's the only reason that they said they were going to uh, investigate it after the race. You know what happened? That's the too? only way. That's the only reason they did it. It's because yeah. it, it would have been so easy to just make that determination in real time. Like take a minute and say, "Yeah, it's five-second time penalty." It wasn't that like hard to do. It yeah, just they wanted to make they wanted to at save several face. points. Crofty was like, "You're either 10, 10 car lengths behind me or not." It's kind of cut and dry. Yeah, and you here's know? the thing that I'll say about this too, right? Like, I agree. It's like, first off, the whole, like, how do you not know? There was like 20 laps of racing. There was 30 minutes that they, and there was nothing else going on. I could see if they had like 19 incidents that they had to review and kind of go, but like, this was like pretty clear cut. My only thing is like, these guys were falling behind if it was anybody else if it was lewis hamilton if it was max if it was chuck they were doing the exact same thing because on the straightaways they were trying to get those burnouts to keep temperature into their tires because the safety car was going extra slow because of the wet conditions it's not like he overtook the safety car or he jumped the gun or he like i i went back and looked at it to overtaking it at one point yeah that was that was like really close that's what i thought he was gonna get penalized that's what i thought that's what i thought it was the whole entire time it was on one of the long back straights he fell 10 car lengths behind because they would like do the burnouts and try and get temperature into the tires and it's like that makes perfect sense too i don't know it was just dumb fia bullshit again where they were just like we'll investigate after and no one knows it's gonna happen and as the fans were like people are celebrating him on the podium but then like like ferrari's tweeting like well we, you know we're expecting to get the podium ourselves it's like it's just weird it's like the only sport that does stuff like this like you don't see the NFL coming back like two days later, be like, yeah, we'll review the touchdown after the game. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, just review it on track. I, I hate all of it, but I do kind of like love the drama. I'm not going to lie. The drama's like, great. It is. It's super dramatic. And I think that's another reason they do all this because it builds up this drama. It and was, like, I'm checking Twitter and locked into everything F1 for like three hours after the race. Yeah, it was extra dramatic because like Red Bull were aware that Checo was probably going to get a penalty and they gave him the radio message, Checo, time to disappear. And then you saw Checo just put in absolute times afterward. Dude, this just goes back. This is another point that I I know 
Mercedes and Red Bull are just so in the know with what's going on. They knew that if they just got a five second advantage, they would get the five second time penalty and would go away. Like that's what they they knew it. They were like, if you just yeah. put the gap in, we'll let the FIA give us a penalty and it'll just neutralize everything and it won't impact the race versus being in a position where like, I mean, it's not like rocket science, right? If you're four seconds, but like they knew if they were won by more than five seconds, they were going to win the race because the FIA was not going to take it away for a 10 second time penalty. Like they just knew it. Like that's why those guys are always like, they just know how the FIA works and operates. Like, I don't know. It is very dramatic. I just, I wish there was less penalties and like incidents and like the egregious stuff like should be investigated. But like, I don't know. There's some shit. I'm just like, dude, like. I wish it was like the old days where like track limits like didn't even matter. You could overtake people like on the grass or the, like the turf or something. Oh, like, I was watching that. I was watching a clip earlier. Uh, I forget the track, but it was uh, Felipe Massa and Robert Kubista like 10, 11 years ago, uh, battling it out in the rain and Felipe Massa overtakes him like on the grass, on a hairpin, something like that. And I was I like, man, we, that. That was we, good. we really need to just like let these guys race again. I mean, this, this no. tiptoeing around circuits, like I get it. It's for safety, but like, come on, also, we need to see some more overtaking. The thing is, too, like the track limits is like super stupid, in my opinion. Like, if you like, I get it, but these guys are going inconsistent with it, though. So inconsistent. Like, when you look at Austria, when you look at Bahrain, like those, some of those turns, every single one is like, is going off the limit by like fractions. Like, it's not egregious stuff where they're like cutting corners. Like, it's like, like let's have a little bit of some leniency here. And then when people start to gain a lasting advantage, like that's when I think you should put it for, but. I don't know. To be honest, I think the problem is F1 has grown so quick in popularity and there's been so many people that have been so passionate about the sport and the FIA have not caught the rules up to it. Like they're not used to this much scrutiny. Like American sports have incredible levels of scrutiny. A ref misses a call right in front of them and like people are going nuts for months on like Twitter. So you get to start to see this. is more not used to the level of scrutiny from the fans. Cause if you think about it, the NFL, the NBA soccer, like the fans are right there giving referees like all kinds of shit. If they get a call wrong. Meanwhile, in in formula one, if the stewards get a a call wrong for years, they haven't heard shit from fans. Yeah. No. And speaking of shit from fans. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Speaking of shit from fans and, and the FIA, like, I know one hot button that, that people have been all up in arms. I know our, our boy Sam D.R. Russell has been itching, itching. Absolutely. He's got an itch that he can't scratch, and he's been trying to satisfy this itch for a week. It's the rumors that Red Bull have completely blown the 2021 and carried over the 2022 budget cap. And Sam, like, I know this is a hot button issue that we've been – yeah, I think me and Stefano like don't care as much as you care about it, like for different reasons. But you've been all over this that there's right now two teams that are in breach of the budget cap. Rumors, speculation, not confirmed from the FIA, but within the paddock, one team material, one minor breach. It's rumored to be Red Bull and Aston Martin. Matt, I thought you'd never bring this up to be honest i thought you were just going to try to go the whole entire episode without bringing this up well i was um, trying to but you know i i have a i have a level of scruples so look i've been talking about this budget cap for months now i mean we've gotten in arguments on this show about it um 
And first of all, let me say this. The fact that we're conducting the audit and we're getting the results like what? 10 months after the season ended is absurd. It's patently absurd. Like it's so say, ridiculous. You text us being like it was a year later. And I was like, dude, Abu Dhabi was like two months ago. And I actually look at the calendar, did the math. I'm like, we're in October and Abu Dhabi was last November. You were right. It's like almost a year later. It's crazy. It's crazy. These results should be conducted and released before the season starts so that we're not in this in this predicament right now where we're like, oh, what's going to happen? With that being said, Red Bull cheated and we all know it. It's It's been this open, dirty little secret that everyone's known for a while now. And they're pretty much just testing the FIA. They're calling the FIA's bluff and... They're saying we don't think you're going to enforce these rules as tight as you say you are. Well, um, allegedly, and they're and they're forcing the FIA's hand, and they're saying, "What are you going to do about it?" So we're going to see what the FIA does. Um, we've but we've heard this whole minor against major type of violation. The major one, it sounds like you just get like kicked out of F1. Like it's not going to be that. We know that. But yeah, the no minor way. one is point loss disqualification from uh, from previous races, disqualification from future races, which are aka serious offenses. So let's see. I mean, my personal opinion, you have to take the championship away from Max last year. That's just like table stake starters. Got to take the championship away. And then I think you have to DQ Red Bull from this season. And yeah, I mean, Sam, that's it. frankly, you're making, you know, this isn't the first time that you've you've jumped off of a cliff and taken quite a big leap. I mean, we're talking about an alleged rumor within the paddock that two teams are within breach and that it's an open secret to your point that Toto has said. And now you're saying that, like, Red Bull needs to be disqualified. You don't even know what's going on. OK, you don't have let a me clue. Just, it's all just, alleged. On. Okay, 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 fair enough. Fair enough. Let's just for a second play this game. Let's say that it's found that Red Bull spent $7 million more than the budget last year and more $7 million more than any other team. What what do you think the punishment should be? I don't know. The rules are unclear, but that's a 5% breach. I know. That's what I'm saying. What do you, what do you think should be? 5% breach, and they said that that's minor. And right. We're saying it's a minor. I'm saying fine. it's going to be a minor. In my opinion, it should be a fine. <laughs> to take well, away have the total, all these teams have been saying that that could be worth that's that's money that could be worth up to tenths of seconds. Yeah, of but laps. that was also part Matt, of the rules. Come it was on, minor. Man. You got to have some integrity here. Minor. They, then don't put minor. Then say any breach. But when you start to categorize five percent as minor, but you but you see what what is falls under the minor uh, punishments. There's nothing under the punishments. That's yes, the big there problem. Is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. It's a yes, very, very opaque view of it. They have ranged it's, from fines. Some of them, some, the range is big. Disqualification yes, of events to fully removing points, points taken from away. Yeah, but you just said if they went over 5%, which is their definition of minor, that they should have two years of stripped titles. Well, no. So here's the thing, it. Matt. It's, it's, really, it's really not because all it is would just be one single point or five points taken away from Max last year. You just said that's if, all it if, is. If, if not, Red Bull's it, caught, they need to strip Max of the title last year and all well, the points it, this yeah, year. You, you, yeah. Well, you would have to. Yeah, I think that you should take points <laughs> away from from both. You take from both two years, yeah. years of championship points away. You say it's just, just be a fine is ridiculous. Why wouldn't te- Why wouldn't teams just break the budget cut? Uh, they probably year, do. That's why you've heard two teams is, do it out of ten. 
What? I said you probably do have more than this, and there's probably more teams that have like breached the budget cap slightly. Yeah, I guys. think we're, we're only hearing this two out of ten. Well, we don't know where these are rumors from the panic. I'm saying, but my, but yeah, we're trying. We're playing a hypothetical question game. I said well, hypothetical seven to million. Me, you said you, they should be. You should, they should, okay, Stefano, what do you think? Break uh, the tie, man. Honestly. I'll put it to you guys this way. Uh, I agree with Matt that there's probably other teams that have broken and are currently breaking the budget cap because if an organization as big as the FIA and Formula One don't have the accounting strength to get these these figures counted like weeks and or a month after the final Grand Prix and we're waiting till almost a year after the fact to get the figures uh, put out, then I don't trust their acumen when it comes to accounting for the other teams either. Uh, That being said, I would like some more visibility as far as what uh, penalties are concerned for uh, actually breaching these rules. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I do think that if you're over a 5% um, gap from the, the, the budget cap, there should be a points deduction. And, you know, depending on the severity of your uh, overspend, you know, I do think that a, a whole season's worth of results can be uh, up for debate as, as far as disqualifying. I've seen it before. 2007 with McLaren, they were disqualified completely from the Constructors Championship. Uh, the, the circumstances were different, um, but the precedent has been set that you, that the FIA can and will disqualify a whole season from either a driver or an entire constructor. Go ahead, Sam. Can we all agree that the way the FIA put these rules in place, they want to make this a big deal and they yes. want to make following the budget cut, uh, budget cap, a legitimate, like hot button issue that you have to follow? Yeah, we agree. This, with is, that. Only, this is only the second year there's been a budget cap. That's right. Well, yeah. we haven't so, completed this year. So, in the, this is so, in the, fir- so, so the first year. opportunity that a team breaks it let's just let's play the game and say that they're you know four percent over how do you not lay the hammer down for they i think here's the reason why i think they've defined an actual threshold because they defined it and they said that's minor so to your point take away the minor take away the minor take away the 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 word minor because if you look at the the possible disciplinary um options for the fia those are not minor options. Those are major options. Yeah. So I'm saying, if they, don't you think that they should, they they should be held accountable and have to Sam. get points taken away? Sam, guys, let's play this game. Regardless of team, uh, penalty penalty opinions for uh, minor breaches and major breaches. I think if you're below a five percent breach of the cost cap, it should be grid penalties. For each race, or for whatever races are left after your after your breach is found, uh, for a major infraction, I definitely think it should be a points deduction or potential disqualification entirely from season's results. What so, do you guys think, Sam? You had a you had an interesting question, right? This is this is the second year, but arguably, like this is the first result of a budget cap review, right? Like we've never seen a result of a budget cap review. We don't know what's going to come out. Maybe there's majors and minors, whatever you want to call it, overages in the millions of dollars. I think the the problem that I have is with all of our problems with the FIA, they wrote the rules vaguely. It ranges from a fine to disqualification from a season. Like, who knows why they would choose one or versus the other? 
I think the big problem is to your point, like the way they define 5% could have tenths of seconds on, on a car. I think they're going to come down hard if you went over significantly. I would hate to see a disqualification from a season, but like, I, I'll be honest, like if there's a $140 million budget cap and you spent $200 million on your budget cap, like you should probably have your entire championship removed. Like I would 100% argue with that side, even as much as it pains me to see potentially taking away an entire championship from, from my guy, Max, like if you're that egregious, you definitely deserve that title stripped. Like that's just not negotiable in my book. Like no way in hell. I don't know what the threshold should be though. Like, and I also, the weird thing is I don't know how much they overspent for like 2021 versus 2022's car. Like that's the other thing that blows my mind too. I don't get it. But now here's the most frustrating part. How is Haas still not bringing upgrades and even hitting the budget cap? That's the thing with this budget cap. They're following the rules like pussies, I guess. I don't know. No, this this budget cap actually has like a a negative impact on some of the smaller teams because, you know, I've been saying it for a while now. um, These smaller teams don't even have the budget to even meet these cost caps. So it's putting them them at an unfair advantage. It's like, oh, here, have you? You're allowed to spend all this money. Haas, Williams, uh, Aston Martin, and these teams are like, oh, well, thanks, but we don't even have all this money to spend. You know, so, Sam, let me ask you this question. Well, hypothetically, on, on, on Wednesday, it gets revealed that Red Bull have exceeded the budget cap for 2021. And they're the only team that has. Like, what is your give me if you were to write the rule book for the FIA? What would be your threshold setting? Like, would you say like like one million, two million? Like they have one hundred and forty million. That's the cap. They spent 141, 142. Like, at what point do you start to move away from like, okay, like rounding type of stuff or like, you know, not over like 5 million bucks can get you 70 engineers. I think it was the stat. Like, a million bucks can probably get you like 12 engineers. And so, like, at what point do you start to move away from a fine and go to like, points to disqualification? Like, give us your. Say, view. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see where your question is. I'd say $2 million. Okay. And that's, I'll that, like, him, so I'll, give, million, I'll, give, him a, I'll give him a $2 million window. Yeah. And if they can keep it within $2 million, like if you go over, sure, you get fined. But if you keep it within $2 million, you don't lose anything material like points or anything. Now, if it's, if it's outside that, like realistically, what I would do is I think that you disqualify from the previous year. So in, the, in Red Bull's case, I disqualify him from last year. And then I think you take points away this year. You do like a, you do a double whammy, no pun intended. Yeah, but you don't hit him as hard this year. So you t- you disqualify him from the previous year, and you take away like thirty points or something like that. See, Sam, I'm the opposite because last year was the first year that it was introduced. I give him a little bit more leeway on last year, but I would I would hit him doubly hard for this year. You know, like no leeway. A- I mean, it's a it's a cap. Like it, you should. You should have to be super careful about it. And it's I, to me, it's really annoying if every team did that except two of them. Because that is a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, spending more money is definitely more of an advantage than spending less money. But yeah. Like, and if, I, the if FIA was... has been very stern about it and, they, and they've and they been very serious about it. So it would just be, to me, it would be very, very annoying think, if they didn't come down hard on them. I think the problem here is how long it's been 
since the end I of agree. last season. I agree. I started this off and said this is That's crazy a weak argument, that, we're, that we're doing this now. That's a weak no, argument. No, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting that as my argument. I just think it's wild that it's an organization as big as FIA and Formula One don't have the accounting strength. Like they don't have the bean counters to get this done like a week after the season. You it is me? an insane thing to think about. If you were to put this into any context of business, a hundred and forty million dollar company should be closing their books within three months max. 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 Look at the NBA. The NBA has a salary cap. Every team abides by that in because they count it in real time. All right. But everyone so, give everyone give their prediction about what the FIA is going to do. Nothing. Nothing. Simple. Nothing. I, I agree. I don't think there will be absolutely either. nothing. I'll guarantee you, every single team will come out that they were within the budget cap. I think. I guarantee that's you, me and Matt. I think it's yeah, me and Matt. There's no so, way. Like, not energized. Oh, about I, it I, I will. I will guarantee you that maybe two teams, and it's not going to be Red Bull, are going to be like minorly over the budget cap by like two million dollars, and they're going to like use that as the whipping stone of being like, "Hey, this is your last warning. We're revising this. If you go over, like you're screwed." Like, I think they're going to do what Stefano was thinking. Like, year one, be, like, super lenient, even though, like, it probably made a massive difference. But I don't think they're going to do that. It made more of a difference for this year, uh, overspending for last year, I think. I also wouldn't be surprised if Aston Martin spent more than Red Bull. (laughs) Yeah, Aston Martin definitely went over, no question about it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I just, I think the whole thing's crazy. Um, The FIA, it's just another, like, black eye for the FIA. Yeah, big time. And they won't they won't be transparent. They won't tell us. Do you really think that yeah. let no, me ask you this they? question, Sam? Like I know like I know that I'm a Red Bull stand and I'm obviously downplaying it and you're an anti Red Bull Mercedes guy and you're you're definitely up playing it, but like in your heart of hearts, like what do you think the FIA will actually do? Like in your heart yeah, of hearts. I, I don't I don't think they're gonna do anything. I do think you, they're gonna do I you think, think we even out. But I will say even, this. If 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 they if the FIA comes in and says no one broke it. Mercedes and Ferrari are going to look like bozos because they're clearly the ones leaking all this to the media that, and then, I mean, they're not leaking anymore. They're, they're flat out publicly saying that two teams have broke the rules and the, they're not saying that they have confirmation from the FAA. I haven't heard of that. It's their own accounting. Like I heard Toto say he, his, they know everything that all these teams are. So, they're gonna they're gonna have a lot a lot of egg on their face if the FIA comes out and says no one broke any rules because they're they're going all in on saying that Red Bull cheated. Well, the Ferrari don't need any help looking like idiots. Yeah, I was gonna say the one saving grace in all these theories, and I hate to admit it because I've said it before and I have to say it is we've said it a million times. When Toto is saying something, you usually kind of stop and listen because he's never won to throw shade at other paddocks when he like he's the last to throw stones and he was singing like a bird this weekend he was Any like single chance smiling. there was a microphone in front of him he was throwing him under the bus he at one point said horner should be checking in with the cfo like i don't know what he's what he's talking about that they've been under investigation and yeah i mean it's not sounded the horn a while ago about it did you see he did? You're right, Stefano. We made fun of him and he was right. Um, do you, did you see the him. pictures of Bonotto and uh, um, Toto like meeting together in the Mercedes offices? And, like, them, not, not, them walking brings, out. I was like, this is crazy. Nothing brings enemies together like a shared enemy. And that's yeah, what, what Red Bull's it? been for Ferrari, <laughs> for Ferrari and Mercedes. 
Well, there was the year too that Mercedes had that like where you could push the steering wheel and it changed the axle yeah. and like all the yeah. teams rallied around Red Bull and they were like, That's cheating and like they were like, No, and it's Ferrari actually not. a couple years ago too with their engine. I also I'll give a big shout out to um Kruge Daddy. Uh he was he was talking to me about this earlier. Um about how like Red Bull is like openly cheating and nobody's doing anything about it. And I was like, man, what do you expect from the FIA? So, you know, big shout out to Crew Gay Daddy with uh, opening up the Discord among that. Shout out Crew Gay Daddy. Hell yeah, brother. Fire it up. uh, I'll say this. If it comes out that Red Bull, I'll put it to you this way, guys. I'll make a, I'll make a promise. If it comes out that Red Bull is stripped of 21's championship, driver's championship, like I will, we'll do a emergency podcast on my birthday and on your birthday on my birthday, and I will get publicly shamed for for it. I'll let you guys say whatever you'd like, and this has Matt, to be Max getting we, stripped. Can we burn? Can we burn all your Red Bull championship gear like for a Instagram video if it happens? Yeah, we could probably do that. Also, we'll open it up to listeners as well. If you want to call in and throw uh, throw some shame at Matt, yeah. uh, definitely do that. I will. I will make myself available for all things humiliation uh, this Wednesday, October fifth. If and only if Max Verstappen's twenty twenty one World Drivers Championship title is stripped as a result of whatever the FIA release when it comes to the budget cap, that and that alone. So like if they did breach and they got a grid penalty now, like, uh, but like if he gets stripped of his 2021 drivers championship, that's the other thing too, right? Like the teams, like if, okay, if that happened, like would they just target just one driver? Like what if they said, okay, we're going to take 50 points away, but it's going to be like 25 from max and 25 from check to cut it in half. You'd go 50, 50, right? You have to, right? Like if you take points away, you have to just cut it in half. You can't be yeah. like, oh, we're going to take yeah, 25 points away and it's only for max. It'd have to be like half and half. Yeah. Here's the yes. thing. I, I, think I don't think it would matter at all. Ruin his championship anyway. He only won by like eight points. Yeah. That's yeah. They're not going to take away like five points from last what? year. In the past, no, knowing the FIA, well, how much, how much did max so. end up winning by? Like, Eight. Six points, eight points. Yeah, they'll probably they'll probably take seven points away from them. From Red Bull and three and a half yeah, from Max. Yeah. No, they'll take fourteen no, they'll points take, away they'll from take Red Bull. Take fourteen points away from Red Bull. Yeah, that's exactly what they're gonna do. Man, <laughs> typical FIA. Um, guys, we gotta move on. We spent a lot of time talking about the budget cap, rightfully so. It's been the hottest button of, of the news, I think. To recap quick, Sam thinks that um, both championships should be entirely stripped of Red Bull from 2021-2022. I think you also said Christian Horner should be um, dragged through the streets in humiliation. I think no, you might I said he should tarred be, and I feathered. Said he should be, I said he should be tarred and feathered. Tarred and feathered, yeah. I stand, I stand by. Yep. Um, and I think Stefano's of the mindset that uh, nothing's really going to happen, so am I. And, and um, yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, th- this is the FIA's own fault. It's the FIA's own fault. They should be more clear with what they mean. They write themselves into ambiguous statements so that they don't have to do anything about it. And they're not going to do anything about it until next year. Um, They're the laziest organization when it comes to enforcing anything. They don't want want to decide it, even though they put themselves in the position to decide things. Uh, But guys, we got to turn to Suzuku, right? Um, This is a huge race. Could be an actually pretty cool race if all else equal, 
Max wins. Like, this is great for Honda. It's great for the Red Bull Honda team, like, in Japan. Um, I think Yuki Sonoda was doing the promo last week. So, big race for Yuki as well. Um, I think we got to go right into our previews. And, uh, you know, this is the only podcast we do our previews and predictions before the race weekend. Um, really easy to do it once you've watched everybody on track and how the cars are set up and go through practice. We're the only podcast that does it without seeing any of the cars on track. Um, as always, Stefano is our only guy that gives his top five grid slots from qualifying. Everyone else gives who they think's on pole on the podium. Um, let's start with, you know what? Let's start with Stefano. This is your favorite, second favorite track. You did the track preview. I think for this week, it only is right that you should, you should start first. Oh yeah. Uh, I think Chuck takes podium. Max is in second. Checo in third. I think the Mercedes duo round out fourth and fifth. And I think Lewis takes fourth and George takes fifth. Is that for qualifying or the race? For qualifying. For the race, I think it's... Oh, man, this is even tougher. I think... I want to say Chuck gets a pull and a win this weekend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang my head on that one. Uh, and I think... I think Lewis gets P2. I'm putting Fernando Alonso P3. Uh, Carlos Sainz P4. And George Russell P5. No, Max? Or did you say it's P2? Uh, I think I'd put Lewis at P2. So the Max is in top five again. No, no, not top five. Ridiculous take. All right. I think I was vindicated in Singapore. He was. Yeah. He so this isn't a ridiculous take. Yeah, so, ridiculous uh, yeah, so uh, I think uh, I think the Mr. Pole is going to be on pole again. Yeah. I mean, Charles Leclerc is going to win pole um, he's shown that he's great in one lap. Um, I think for the race, I think Lewis Hamilton gets his W. Um, I think he was a great, like a great drive away from winning this past weekend. I think it was there for him and I think it'll be there for him again. And I think he's hungry for it. I think he gets one. Um, so I think Lewis Hamilton wins. I think we'll see Chuck Claire uh, on second and then, George Russell, I think, will finish third. So, uh, um, you know, double Mercedes podium. Um, I don't have Max in uh, the top three because I don't think he'll be racing on Sunday. I think he'll um, be disqualified from the season, uh, him and Checo Perez, and there will be no Red Bull in the race uh, this weekend. So, yeah, that's why no Max in the top three. Yeah, it's too bad you're not. You're more of like a rap guy and a breakfast guy because otherwise you'd probably be enjoying some of that egg on your face that uh, that you'd be sharing with Toto when that when the when it comes to fruition that Red Bull didn't cheat at all and Max is going to be crowned a second WDC uh, champion. Um, so, so my prediction: it's a Max weekend. Like he was in qualifying on. He was absolutely going to take pole in Singapore without the fuel issue. Wasn't even close. He was eight tenths up on Chuck heading into even a slippery sector three. So that wasn't even going to be like remotely close. He moved and charged through that field. He made up like 30 seconds in 15 laps and was back into P7. And if that race went a little bit further, I think the three more laps, he probably was going to be back to P6 with that massive lockup. It's just like, he's got a hair across his ass now. He definitely wants to win. It's going to be huge for Honda in Japan to win um, a second World Drivers Championship. It's actually a track that like I'm looking at it right now, and it's, it's kind of not super twisty. Like, There's a couple... Yeah, but I think it only has one DRS zone. 
It has two DRS zones, uh, mm. one long back okay. straight, but um, not a whole lot of like really tight corners. It almost kind of reminds me of a flowy like France than anything else. Um, so I think that that kind of suits the Red Bull. I think it's just going to be a max grand slam weekend, to be honest with you. I think he's going to take pole, win, lead every lap, fastest lap of the race. And then I think you're going to have Chuck P2 and uh, Lewis P3 and probably signs fourth, Russell fifth and Checo no form Perez sixth. Um, yeah, that's, that's my prediction for the weekend. I think, I think Max gets it done. I think he's just been driving so good. I think Singapore, he was super ginger off the start. I think he was clearly going to set pole, ran out of fuel. They'd rather do that than start from the pit lane. He was definitely going to charge the field, had that lock up, sucked, but I just attribute that to the wet. The only thing, the only point I'll make that counters that about Singapore, especially is that he could not, for the life of him, get around Fernando Alonso until Fernando had to retire. Yeah. He tried several times. Fernando, Fernando defended really, really well. Fernando was nails. Like, yeah, he was no. really and nails. I'm pretty sure Otmar Schneffschnauer yeah. uh, deliberately Whatever. tanked his engine in that yeah. race. I think they're so pissed at Fernando for leaving them out to dry and for not getting Piastri either. Yeah. No, Alpine they, was they, the just, they just tanked him. Yeah. Also, speaking of speaking of Piastri, what about Devry? Yeah, Devry. Rumors are he's going AlphaTauri. Somehow yeah, they got him out of Toto's him. clutches. I know we were saying like Williams reserve driver, uh, or sorry, uh, Mercedes reserve driver. He was racing for Williams. Like we thought for sure Toto would never let him go, but I don't know. Devries could be could be the next uh, guy that Ernie gets to talk to and coach his way up to to some points. I I don't know. Williams could be back Good next get year for Ernie. Great get for Ernie. Williams could be back next year. I mean, Williams, in my opinion, is definitely ahead of Haas in terms of what they're yeah. going to do in 2023. Agreed. With with Ernie at the helm, yeah, for sure. Guys, final thoughts on um, on the Japan Grand Prix. Sam, any final thoughts on uh, the Red Bull conspiracy theory before we uh, say yeah, goodbye to us? No, listeners? I think um, next time we talk, uh, Lewis Hamilton is going to be an eight-time uh, World Drivers' Champion. And Ferrari will be on the road to winning a constructors in 2022. So yeah. Cheers to that. Stefano final thoughts. Oh man. I don't even want to, I don't even want to think anymore about this controversy. I just want to think about one of my favorite races on the calendar. That's the Japanese Grand Prix. I'm really excited. I'm going to prep all week by posting all kinds of, uh, all kinds of memes on the Instagram page. So stay tuned for that. Big week for memes. Hell yeah, yeah brother! For memes, if you got, if any of you guys, any of you listeners, catch the references on the memes, uh, I will personally send you a T-shirt. Hell yeah, brother! Send you some merch. Oh, hell yeah, brother! And congrats to our co-host Sam Russell on uh, getting married on the Japanese Grand Prix. It's gonna be a great night. Max will be crowned uh, second drivers' championship right on uh, on on top of Sam's big day. So, and congrats to Matt uh, for turning 32 on Wednesday, the day that Max gets his only drivers' championship stripped away. Oh yeah, brother, fire it up! Love you guys. 